Bill, do you know what the zero said to the eight? <laughs> no, let me see. The zero said to the eight, uh-huh. to infinity and beyond. Uh, nice belt. <laughs> Do you know why I said infinity? <laughs> because the letter eight is the, oh, is, yeah. is the cosmic um, yeah. at- atomic number. Yeah. Well, yeah. you were just going way too far afield. <laughs> I was too cerebral. <laughs> With that answer, you though. Know. That was a joke my son used to, to love. That was his favorite joke when <laughs> we were young. And really, all it has to do with what we're talking today about today is there is a zero in the episode number. There's so. a zero. That's right. <laughs> so. Well, you can always make a correlation. Absolutely. We can always correlate You can always string things show. together. Yes, yeah. yes. It's a talent. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we can find transitions and bridges and and connections where no one yeah. would see them. I think it's a talent. I <laughs> think it's I think it's a rare talent actually. It's a wacky poem life talent. A wacky poem life talent. Yeah. Right. Here we are. Hi everybody. Hey, hey hello. Hello number number 50. Oh. episode Our, 50. Episode golden anniversary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're kind of wearing a golden shirt. I'm wearing today. a golden shirt. Yeah. We Absolutely. have we have it's not golden but it well, there's a little gold on it. Well, you know, we have a wine today that well, we're having a little. Actually, of too. it's fermented grape juice. It's, oh, it's not wine. Oh, it's wine. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, for the children out there, we're he drinking. He had a very straight face when tr- he said that. For the children, we're drinking fermented grape juice. Children are not listening to. This oh, children, podcast. okay. Come for, on. Okay. Well, you know, for for the young adults. The, the, young adults. The, the wine kind of matches the theme of the of the right. poem. It's called Nightfall. Nightfall. It's a beautiful little label, Monastrel, and it's from Spain. From Spain. Yeah, I yeah. love the description on the bottle. Our Spanish red features aromas of sweet leather and tobacco with flavors of black cherry, raspberry, and cedar. I just want to like put it on like cologne. Well, I'm saying you know, see kind of what it smell like. We're yeah. drinking, we're drinking leather and wood. Leather and wood. Well, yeah, but it, but it. Yeah, it sounds high fibrous, high high in fiber. But it is good, right? Yeah. So you, you <laughs> chose a nice little one, nightfall, because we're going to talk about the dark. The dark October. This is October. October. Yeah. The spooky month. Mm-hmm. October. October, the night of the uh, witching moon, the month of the witching moon. And yes. Before we get started, let's let's talk about October a little bit. We yeah. have a uh, poetry contest we do every year. It's called Dark and Scary here at the Rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry. Uh, so you send us a dark and scary poem on some sort of, you know, yeah, terrifying Halloween sort of yeah witchy vampire Dracula. Darkness descends. Try to make the hair, try to make the hair in the back of our neck stand, <laughs> yes. be, stand up. Yeah. Be super creepy. We like yeah. super creepy. We super. You know, I, I don't <laughs> want to mention any movies, but I went to a movie last night and saw a preview of a movie that I have. I don't think I can sit through. Well, it's called. Can I mention the movie? Yes, it's yes. called Bones and All. Bones it's co- and All. It's coming out, and it just absolutely. I thought I can't deal with it. <laughs> I cannot deal with it, it you know, it's, and and the the creatures are called eaters, and they can smell other eaters, and I'll, uh, no, I'll, I'll let you imagine, no. I'll let you imagine what 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 is eaten. No, I, do you remember Bill that movie when uh, the town that dreaded Sunday? Yeah, I remember. <gasps> I remember. I, that was the scariest movie of my childhood, of your childhood, teenage years. <clears throat> I'll have to revisit that. Oh yeah, well somebody was talking about it on a podcast I was listening to the other day because they were talking about the case the true crime case that that film was based on yeah it made me want to watch it again because maybe i won't be so scared it's probably kind of corny now well sort of like the night of the living dead is not quite as scary but i there's still movies that still bother me yeah i think well that one there are scenes from it that i mean 
it's been decades since yeah. I've seen it, and that's I, they're a, still in my mind. Yeah, but what a classic title. Yeah, the town, the town that dreaded, the dreaded sun. Oh, Texarkana. Man. That's where that was. Texarkana. What? Man. What's that sound? Oh, <laughs> oh it is. <laughs> it's yeah. Bill's phone. It, it's not. You know, it's it's that truck again. That truck again. <laughs> Get out of here, Trek. So anyway, poem contest, and uh, the deadline is not, we're only giving ourselves a week to judge them and let people know. So the deadline is not till the 22nd, I believe. So go on the museum website, rompoetry.com, and you can find the details at entry form and send us your dark and scary Yeah, and I, I, I would like to review some as well. Yeah, I would love well, that. You, you will be a judge. Oh, I will Bill. be a judge. Yeah, I, I love that. I haven't told you that yet, I, but you will. I love that. <laughs> You don't like get, you don't I'm, like judging poetry court, but you can judge the poetry. Yeah, I'll get I'll get my I'll get my the, that that wig on and you know the white wig and so forth. You know <laughs> that and get my judging gavel and judge this. Judge so that's these. that's going on, and the day before that, October twenty first, is when we have whoa, episode fifty two. Oh, okay, our live <laughs> event. <laughs> I was wondering. I thought this is ep- something's happening here. The table's rising. You know, we're having a seance. I really, I have a Ouija board right here. You just didn't see it, Bill. Uh oh. Uh oh. We can lift her. Yeah. Oh. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, uh, st- lot of the feathers stiff as a board. Lot of the feathers stiff as a board. Uh oh. We can lift everyone. Mm. Lift. Uh, that was Mary. Bloody Mary. Remember oh, that? I, yeah. I remember the craft. The yeah. Movie. Mary was going to visit her her family. She was on the plane and the plane crashed. Oh my. Everyone died, including Mary. Including Mary. We can we can bring her back. Bring her. <laughs> it doesn't quite I'm not quite as scared as I was with bones and all. You know? Oh, at the slumber party when this girl's sitting <clears throat> around and we put you know, you put just two fingers under the girl that's laying there being the dead Mary and yeah. you everyone lift. Yeah. And it worked. And it worked. God, it's scary. She lifted. We did. Oh my goodness. Okay, so that's the twenty first. <clears throat> so we're we're gonna, you know, we're so technologically advanced. We are. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's one of our traits. Yeah. So we are gonna do a Facebook live on October twenty first from eleven to noon, and so we'll record that episode. Yeah. And we're also you can see us if you if you so want choose. to. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to take questions and comments. We'll have some trivia, and we're going to give away some gifts. Yeah. So y'all join us for that. Fun. Mm-hmm. Fun, fun, fun. Who knows what I'm going to do? I have no idea. I'm going to act up. <laughs> I feel it coming on. Act up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the last October thing is on the 29th is when we have Dark and Scary here at the museum. It's just an hour-long thing we do from 6 to 7, and anyone who won in yep. the in the poetry contest can come and read their poem, and we'll just— We'll just read scary poems and Fun. tell scary stories right. and have popcorn. That would be that'll be nice. And I will yeah. be I will be in my Esmeralda costume. Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not really Esmeralda. It's a witch okay. costume. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I want an Esmeralda, but I haven't been able to find one yet. You know, the the lavender gown with the green oh, okay. vest, long vest, remember what she wore. Am I saying Esmeralda from Bewitched? Um, no, Endora. Endo- oh, Endora. Endora. Oh, Endora. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was going like, well, along with you. Who is she talking about? <laughs> well, and of course, you have to have the thick eyeliner. You know. Oh, yes. yeah. She. It was and like a red it, wig. It was like the most lavish. Yeah. House house dress. Yeah. You know, the most exotic lavish. Yes. Yeah. I, I want one of those. I'll probably have to get it custom made. Sometime. Oh, nice. And then I'll have yeah. to get me a little red wig too. Yeah. Piled on top of my head. Yeah, right. So that's October 29th from six to seven here at the museum in Locust Grove on oh, Main Street. On Main Street, M A I N Main. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, 
Is it time um, to get to the it's point? Time, it's, we'll get to the, you know, we're, we're, we're sticking to the theme more or less. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a long poem. It has to deal with uh, themes from this month. And yeah. it, uh, it's it's nice. It's yeah. a nice poem. And if for some reason you're listening for the first time, what we do on this podcast is we take a poem that someone has left in the museum, which is very interactive. And, you know, we encourage people to write on in, in any place in the museum on any theme or idea. And then we just talk about it in this podcast. And so this is one that someone, I have a manual typewriter that's mm-hmm. out in the exhibit that we have going right now. And a lot of people have sat down and composed poems on it. And this one was composed on the manual typewriter. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever thought real quickly how, how how loud an office must have been with manual typewriters? Are you going to, are you going to talk real quickly? <clears throat> real quickly. Keep going, keep going. Have you, have you ever, ever realized how quickly... <laughs> You know, now we have keyboards that are silent, but back in the day we had the oh, clicking, loud. clicking clack of a typewriter. And yeah. I can imagine, you know, eight or 10 or 12 or more of those typewriters mm-hmm. clicking, clacking along. Yeah. It's like a bunch of little tiny horses trotting all over the floor. Yeah. You know, you, know, you could walk walk by the typing class when you were in high school and you could hear it. That's right. 25 of them going. Even electronic even electric, even electronic typewriters were, <laughs> electric typewriters were loud. Oh, no, we had manual ones back then. Oh, you had, oh, you had manual. Yeah. That's even more of a talent. It is, zing, especially because zing. the letters were not on the keys. They, the keys were blank. So you had to know. Man. Yeah. Uh, you, know, I, I, you, I, you couldn't sight I type. coasted. I, I, now, <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I, I'm going to read this because I know you're getting we, – we, we need to discuss. Cut. Oh, no, I could talk about typewriters we can cut, all we, day. As my brother says, we need to cuss and discuss. Cuss, cuss and discuss. Cuss and discuss. Okay. okay. Okay, go for it. Darkness. Darkness descends like sackcloth never ceasing as it obscures everything in its path. Occasionally, someone will come along and make pinprick in the dark shroud, appearing like so many stars in the night sky. The more people that touch your life and challenge the darkness, the more more holes that appear. Eventually, the many holes become one, and the light pours in like the noonday sun. As the wind blows, the darkness flutters into the forefront of your vision. Life, like the passing of time, is full of darks and lights. The key is to find the ones that can bring you into the light by making you want to reach for the stars. Excellent. And this is written in, you read it really well, and it is in seven stanzas. So it definitely has, you know, a unique uh, organization to it. And I think that there's a different thought in each stanza. So if you're listening to us somewhere, you're not on our website, go to wackypoemlife.com and, and look at the, the picture of the poem there so you can see that. And there's and there's some editing that's that's been done here, which, yes. I, which I find very interesting. Yes. Some omissions and editing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and a lot of strikeouts. And actually, he did a pretty good job of typing it up on the manual typewriter I, too, though. I, I, I agree. <laughs> and you know what I wrote? And let me know your thought. Shroud happens to be misspelled, uh-huh. and I like that fact. Oh, okay. I like that so fact. So it's spelled S-H-R-O-W-D. So mm-hmm. why do you like that? Because I feel like that it's it, uh, it's an, an honest mistake, and I completely don't mind because I know exactly what he, he or she mm-hmm. is talking about. Mm-hmm. Shroud. You look at it, and it almost you, you think it says crowd because you just take a glance exactly. at it like that. With, with, with the Dark W. crowd appearing. That could be... You know, kind of the same meaning. This is by uh, a man named C.P. Fielden, and he has been in the museum several times. He uh, lives in the area. I think he lives in Holbert, little town. 
mm-hmm. just just south of here. Okay. And he's he's written several poems, and this is just one we decide to talk about today. So nice. thank you. Yeah. Thank Very you, nice. CP. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I like it. I do too. It it's it's got some. Well, especially in the last part of it, I'll just say it does have a little bit of cliche in it. But then the way that it's developed, too, and especially all the similes that he uses and the image that I get in my head when I'm reading from the beginning um, is, is unique. It works really well. Mm-hmm. I think the simile of, of, of darkness descending like a sackcloth, mm-hmm. that's the first line that kind of shrouds <laughs> yes. everything I think about. As I'm reading through the poem, that's yeah. the image I have of, is of that sackcloth. Well, and, and interesting that you mentioned that darkness descends like a darkness descends like sackcloth. Mm-hmm. That almost is a poem in itself. Yeah, and, and, that's and there, a great first line. And, and and there's another, there's another one that uh, is is, uh, and I'll, I'll remember it, uh, it. Life like the passing of time is full of darks and lights. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Darks and lights. Yeah. You know. Because you know what I thought when I first started reading this, I was like, oh, this is going to turn into you know a real Poe. Be happy. Darkness. Oh, no, oh, oh. no. I thought it was just going to all be oh. you know completely dark okay. and death in the end and someone mm. slitting their wrists and all that. Oh man. And yeah. so that stanza. That's the next to last. No, it's a it's a fourth stanza, where that you just meant no fifth sixth, mm. um, where it brings in the darks and the lights that we mm. have both of those. I'm like, oh, okay. So here's a transition. Yeah. Yeah. I and like I, that. I do too. And I, I was mistaken. I thought this person might have had to have been of a certain maturity because sackcloth and shroud, I'm not sure how many young people know what sackcloth is or what shroud is necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it certainly a lot of people do. Yeah. But if sackcloth is, 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 isn't that sort of like a, a gunny sack type of a coarse? Uh, Yes, uh, and it's mainly associated. We we can get to this when I oh, talk about my lover, the online lover, etymolo- that's right, right. Et- etymology dictionary. Yeah. While he tells us about it, but it it is a very rough kind of hair shirt type, mm-hmm. type thing. Sackcloth is associated with religious. Um, What's that word where you're trying to punish yourself? Repentance. And also so is shroud. Shroud is used for burial. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I looked that up, and it's a burial type of a fabric mm-hmm. you know, to, to wrap in the shroud, the shroud of Turin, et cetera, right. and there's, so forth. Right. There's definitely some religious imagery right. in this. Right. That, um, I mean, I see it in that way, but <laughs> here's another. It's, it's funny, but it's not funny. It's the sackcloth thing. And when he starts talking about how it gets little pinpricks in it, mm-hmm. I immediately thought of, and I don't know if anybody else would think of this, of the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> well, I don't know if my mind went there, Sean, necessarily, <clears throat> but you being the murder fanatic that you are, you know, <laughs> bones and all. <laughs> um, yeah, because, you know, in that, that, that one murder that he committed, or did he? No, did he wind? Yeah, um, he wore that mask, mm. you know, with just the the eyes. Yeah, and so I, that flashed in my head at the same time the movie I just mentioned a while ago, mm-hmm. because that guy in the the town that dreaded, town that sundown, dreaded sundown wore a just a loose cloth mask with the holes for the eyes. Yeah, so it's just creep. You know, there are I some know. there are some icon, iconic images, and masks are among among them. Especially so how, homemade ones like that. Well, true. True. Even the Halloween mask is William Shatner yes. with his eyes cut cut out or something like this. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, um, you know, and then the hockey mask. Let me throw a hockey mask on and become uh, and become uh, what's it, uh, Jason Voorhees That's or true. something like this. That's true. Masks are very essential to Halloween. I, I feel like almost all costumes should have some kind of mask. Mm-hmm. If there's not a mask, there at least should be a hat or a hood. You know, mm-hmm. there needs to be something on the face that certainly something to, to disguise. That, and yeah. To, to, Deceive and, and some deception. Of the, the darkness, because you know, I, there's, I know there's all kinds of costumes, but I like the the dark yeah. and scary ones. Yeah, disguising, <laughs> deceiving, and deception. I just thought of that. The three Ds. Oh, with darkness descending. Darkness, darkness disguising, deceiving, deception. You are an alliterative. I, I, what is that? You know, I, I seem to. I was like, trying to think of an A word. No, uh, oh, <laughs> I, I would suggest not. I've been called those, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to step out of that. You're alliteratively image. astute today, oh my, Bill. Oh, I want to. I want that on a shirt. <laughs> alliteratively I is, am alliteratively, alliteratively astute. astute. Yep. Thank you very much. Well, you know what I thought of when I saw when when I uh, the pinpricks. I thought of a, a latex balloon sky, and you know you're yeah. pi- you're piercing, and every time you pierce, a, a shard of light yes. comes in. I, I'm, I'm gesturing people. <laughs> And I'm, I'm I'm pricking the He's sky. He's looking up into the sky. I'm looking up. Look at me. Which is which you'll you know two weeks you'll be able to see me do tile. this. You know, in, in two weeks when we're live, I'll be I'll be just like my head down, not doing anything. I'll be like a turtle. Yeah, not you won't anything. be gesturing or anything. Right, right. Yeah, I don't believe it. But I just, don't I, believe it for a second. I picture these shards of light coming mm-hmm. more and more, more and more and more, till finally it's just you know sort yeah. of like a well he says large area. here's another you know simile. So there's pinpricks in the shroud, and it's they're appearing like so many stars in the night sky, mm. which is really cool because the stars kind of do become visible to you sort of one at a time sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and and so, so that's neat. And I also liked in the third stanza where he says that they challenge the more people that touch your life and challenge the darkness— the more holes appear. See, that's a kind of different interpretation of, of holes, too, because you think of holes, well, that's something bad. Mm-hmm. You know, they're creating damage. Uh, they're making a hole. Making a hole. <laughs> but mm-hmm. here he's saying that the holes are just evidence of people who are challenging darkness and coming into your life. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. And on the same stanza, mm-hmm. I got the fact that the more people that touch your life, Positively or negatively, oh. it doesn't have to just be. A, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the poly. It, 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 the just pe- touch your life. Touch your life. Yes. You know, it's it, it, uh, you know negative, positive. I like the fact that there was no qualification right. for the people that's that touch good. your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And challenges can be good and bad. Absolutely. So I think yeah. that's a great verb to use yeah. there too. Challenge the darkness. Yeah, yeah. And in the fifth stanza, I love as the wind blows the as the wind blows the darkness. Flutters into the forefront. Mm-hmm. The F's flutters to the forefront. Right. And how often flutters. do you think of darkness fluttering? You don't. That's very I really don't. You know, I think of curtains or butterfly wings yeah. or something, but darkness fluttering is a, um, a new image for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's neat because it, it, it has all these uh, the metaphors in it, and you have all these images in your your head of, of just uh, light and hope and joy, but also darkness and and uh, fear somewhat and um, but just the idea of that you destroy uh, your covering in order to come into the light yeah is, is kind of neat I wonder if uh, this person might have had any sort of a 
challenges or something that has has walked through mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. has walked, you know, experience is really a good, um, uh, how do I say, uh, incentive and motivator for writing uh, your experience when you want to you know, convey or communicate. Yeah. And I just yeah. wonder if that might be the case here. Ponder. The, I'm pondering. Ponderation. The, the really the... The only thing that, that, that I don't kind of like about it is I like the image of the last stanza, but it's also kind of a cliche, you know, to reach, to for, the reach stars. for the stars. Yeah. Maybe even if just the verb reach were a different verb, you know, that, yeah. that would have more of an impact. But just the whole idea of going from darkness to resilience and hope, I think is pretty cool. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And written and you know written in the moment, you know, just typed up on the, that, the manual typewriter in the moment. That's true. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very spontaneous type of a thing. And yeah. it's a it, it, it's a longer poem to be spontaneously typed. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. And um was this written like you said, when was this written, Sean? Not very long ago. Not long ago. Maybe better just a few weeks. Oh nice. I think nice. so. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so do you want to know what what my uh, lover of the of online course I do. Yes. dictionary says about the other sackcloth? man in your life? Of course, yes. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of needlessly r- repetitive what sackcloth means because of course it comes from two words sack, which is from the Greek sakos bag, usually made of goat hair, a uh, burlap, a large burlap cloak, and then cloth from the old English clop, a cloth cell, cloth covering. Woven or felted material to wrap around one, hence a garment. So it's like a, a, a garment garment. <laughs> it sounds very comfortable. <laughs> no. I just I would like, you know, some sackcloth underwear, please. Can you imagine? You would mm. only want that if you were doing penance for something. something. Or mourning. Oh, right. If you, if you were mourning well, someone. I'd be mourning for sure, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, well, to, to wear the sackcloth as penitence or mourning, it's from an ancient Hebrew custom of indicating humility before God by wearing a coarse cloth, uh, normally used to make sacks, mm-hmm. and um, also dusting oneself with ashes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Penance. I always think of um, Reverend Dimsdale from the Scarlet Letter when, when I think of sackcloth or um, hair shirts because he wore one to for his crime okay. of adultery. He, okay. That's what he wore. He didn't get the red letter. He I got just gave away. Cloth. I gave away a big important Cliff plot notes. of the book. But oh. I assume most people know yeah. the plot of the it's been around for letter. Co- been around for a couple of years. <laughs> Nathaniel Hawthorne. Hawthorne. You, you got that accent going on there, Sean. <laughs> yeah, he, he came up with that quite a while back. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it does have sackcloth. It, it's basically, you know, kind of a, a Christian symbol and uh, the idea of the hair cloth and uh, being penitent and associated with the Lent and Ash Wednesday and all that. Um, so you you might have that image as you're reading this poem. Like I said, I sort of had that in my in the back of my mind, especially because you said shroud too. Mm-hmm. But also I had the Zodiac Killer in there too. So there's no there's no. <laughs> <laughs> We got them all tumbled in there. <laughs> yeah. They're all in the tumbler. There's no accounting for um, exactly what sort of image you're going to get from certain allusions mm-hmm. in, in uh, poems. Yeah. Yeah. Like eventually the many holes become one and the light pours in like the noonday sun, which is, uh, I mean, you, you could, I picture myself looking up and just having to squint mm-hmm. because it's gotten so porous that right. it's basically uh, non-existent, the barrier, right. and it's just you have to just shield your eyes. All the little Noonday holes sun. have joined together to make one big hole, yeah. and now now there's an opening. Yeah. And now the, the light and the hope can come through. Yeah, certainly. 
Yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. So thank you, C.P. Fielden, for this poem, um, Darkness. And uh, it's just it's one of the better ones, I think, that we've talked about Right. That that's in the museum. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and perhaps this person might want to con- consider writing for the Dark and Scary. Yeah. I bet, I bet there's some other, well, you know, gems in the vault there. He could have submitted this poem for that. That's true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. If yep. he is listening, perhaps he shall. Well, Bill. <laughs> Poetry court. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. I think I introduce it the same way every time. You I do say, well, Bill. And I go, what? I'm getting lower and lower and lower. What? Your chair is sinking. What, Your Honor? What is it? Hey. Don't blame me. You're the one who brought up Poetry Court the in the first place. You know, what, I, place. I need to watch what I say. <laughs> you know, I need to watch the brilliance that comes out of my mouth. Yeah. So it's that time of the episode for Poetry Court. Oh, man. Where we oh, take man. a poem found somewhere in the world that is really somewhere. bad. <laughs> somewhere in the world there's some bad poetry and we're going to find it. <laughs> and take it to court. And take it to court. We're going to sentence it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am uh, Sean. Oh, hi, everybody. My name's Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Sean. Nice to meet you. I'm Bill. (laughs) I knew who you were. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody does. Oh, I think it's fun kind of introducing ourselves at the beginning and the middle and the 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 end. You know, we don't want that same format like other podcasters. No, no. No. Heavens no. No. Okay, so I'm I'm prosecuting this time, and you are the defense. Defense. And listeners out there, you are the judge. So you need to uh, give us your comment either on our Facebook page or on wackypoemlife.com on episode 50 to tell us it, who who won this case. Yeah. After you've listened. And I still think I haven't won one yet. Yes, you have. Have I? Okay. Yes, you have. All right. <laughs> Take it back. Okay, so I'll begin. Because I'm the prosecution, and so I guess I'll read this poem. Okay. Days have passed. The sun has risen and dipped in place of the moon, and yet I still haven't finished scrolling through my feed. Beautiful. By by M.B. Okay. All right. Here we go. The offense, first of all, is impersonating a poem. This, this is normally a misdemeanor, but it can be a felony if there are aggravating circumstances. And I think there are definitely some aggravating, aggravating circumstances. Aggravating. I'm, taking this, I'm taking this little glass away from you. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting aggravated here. right here. Okay, and we're going to start with the scientific logic because, yes, poetry does not have to be scientific. It does not have to be logical. But if you're going to talk about the... Um, you know, the, the way that the world works, you often need to have some sort of semblance of common sense about it. The sun does not replace the moon, obviously. Okay, so the juxtaposition with the processes of the natural world and the technological one, okay, you've got that. Uh, but that is extremely precious and banal, and it's unworthy of this poem. Okay. Days have passed, this poem says. Of course they do. What else are they going to do? Okay, they pass. Say something unique. Poetry is supposed to surprise us with the way that illuminates the everyday and the familiar. That, that is the point of 
poetry. You can take something very familiar, most poetry does, and show it to us, illuminate something about it that makes us think of it in a, in a new and different way. I mean, uh, the the days pass. Well, in T.S. Eliot's um, The uh, Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, he says, there's a refrain, in the room the women come and go, talking of Michelangelo. That's how you describe the passing of days. You have a refrain that puts an image in someone's head. There's no images in this poem whatsoever. It's signed with the initials, not a name. No one wanted to claim this uh, tripe. There is no title, which is, you know, it's like having a baby and not naming it. Who has a baby and doesn't name it? Uh, somebody who writes a poem like this, obviously. And so the sun has risen and dipped in place of the moon. Well, what if the moon was replaced with the sun? What would happen? Let me tell you. <laughs> the degenerate matter in the sun's core is 11 times the density of lead at a temperature of about 10 million Kelvin. It will immediately cease having a lot of pressure on it to keep it that way. X radiation and large amounts of other shortwave radiation would ionize all DNA to shreds within one day, as well as incinerate the biosphere, assuming that the core material itself doesn't blast the earth apart when it decompresses. Safe to say, Everybody dies. Prosecution rest. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you, Your Honor. Prosecution. Thank you. I would like to start my defense by saying that this poem is does basically society today's society a service. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Again, I will continue if you don't mind. Objection. I'm overruled. <laughs> <laughs> I think the connecting issue with this modern era is the uniform experience that that is exists between people and technology and the constant pull and tug and the in, and the um, interference that technology has upon today's modern life in the isolation and it does us a service by pointing that out it, it interferes so much that people think that the sun takes the place of the moon no, not so much that but technology takes technology interferes with life Technology interferes with mundane tasks. Technology interferes with existence and living and interaction and and and, and uh, with other people. Mm -hmm. It uh, the sun has come and gone, and the moon is in its place. And and uh, a, a token. The moon is not replacing. It's the sun. not replacing, but it's a, it didn't it, say re, it didn't say replace. It said place. It's it's in the sky. It's in a place in the sky. It didn't say re, it replaced. It said it's place. It's in place of the moon. It's in but. The sun, the sun is placed in the sky, and at night the moon is placed well, in the sky. You're, it assuming, didn't say, you're assuming there's a D here in the place of the moon. But honor, I don't see there's your, not a D there. But your honor, I don't see a re either. There's not a D there. I don't see. I don't see a re either. I don't see a re. I don't see a re. I think this actually. No re, no D. I think this points out the fact that the sun can go from day. Tonight and moon comes up, and yet we're still scrolling through our feed. The moon's not coming up. The moon's always there. The, the, there is a moon rise. I mean, the earth, the earth tilts, and the moon is exactly. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. He's uh, pointing at me. I'm pointing. Overall, uh, uh, you're intimidating the prosecutor. All right, I I I, I understand the, the earth tilts, and we we have the moon, and but yet the fact that we are still scrolling. It does us a service of saying you are still scrolling, and yet now we have moon instead of sun. This needs to change. It is a service. It's a, it's enlightening, 
and the appears the poem this poem appears to attempt to show the epidemic of allowing technology to interfere with meaningful life experiences. Overruled poems think, are not supposed to instruct. I, I, I that's not the purpose I, of a poem. I, well, I but I think I, poems are, are should allow your us to think. Your whole defense is based on the fact n- that the poem is instructing. Well, people. no, no. I I, I think the poem the poem allows us to feel. Poems should allow us to feel. How? It, uh, Where? Uh, uh, by feeling the fact that uh, we have uh, wasted time by scrolling instead of experiencing the sun and the moon and everything in between those two entities. And I feel like that's a service to humanity. And I feel like it's worthy of, of, of some sort of uh, uh, lesser sentence or perhaps even, you know, a throwing out of this case. Well, I object because all that line says is I still haven't finished scrolling through my feed. That does not give me any kind of, of but, image that would make me feel anything. Poetry is supposed to evoke an emotion. Yes, but may I say your feeling no, you about may not. your feeling about this <laughs> your feeling about this poem is different than my feeling about this poem. As with any poem, we're going to have different uh, different uh, experience and interaction. Okay, with so that's written. a wishy washy way to approach the analysis I of think a poem. Po- I, th- I don't think I think wishy washy is harsh for poetry because you know we don't want to. You know, a lot of people say poetry is a wishy-washy art, which we vehemently disagree with. Who would say that? Oh, some silly people <laughs> that we would not want to hang around with. So, um, past, risen, dipped. There are, you know, days pass. Sun, should have, it should have been rose. That's I understand. Reaching. I understand. Reaching. But still reaching. yet, I feel like that this is is not a serious offense. And I feel like there is a service within this there's a granule of service within these within these short lines here. Uh, human service. Jeez. And for example, I have we not seen have we not seen the meme of of of, of young people in a museum, of gorgeous paintings on the wall, and they're all sitting on the bench looking at their phones. Meme, it, precisely. Meme is precisely the word. This meme. is this is a meme poem. Meme, M E A M. You're a meme. This meme. is a meme poem meme. that does not necessarily make it. I think a we live in a meme poem. society these days lately, in which I think this is pointing that out, and I think we need to. Actually, this away. poem isn't what they call an Instagram poem. I didn't even know such a such a term existed. I knew there were little things like oh, this on ex- Instagram, in- Insta- but there's yeah. actually that's a category called Instagram poem. Oh, yeah, and they're Instagratification. They're all, all kind of this bad. Oh man, yeah. I'm going to do some researching on Instagram. <laughs> I thought there was re- there's a reason why now I'm not in, on Instagram. I suppose. Okay. So has or the defense tweet. rested? I. I think there's a, a granule of human service in this, and we you already we, said that we, we rest our case. Yes, <laughs> yes, Your Honor. Yes, Your Honor. Yes, Judy. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's the case of the the untitled "Baby Without a Name" uh, poem a with name. some bad science in it, and uh, risen and dipped. Yeah. Just like I like my ice cream. Risen in <laughs> So y'all tell us what you think. Yeah, please. Yeah. Okay. Now be sure you mark your calendar for October 21st, 11 a.m. to noon, when we will be live on Facebook with episode 52. We're yeah. actually going to do that on the museum's Facebook page. So okay. you'll need to go to Rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry's Facebook page for the live. Yeah. And we'll promote and cross-promote and so forth. and. Mm-hmm. We'll pollinate like bees. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Tell a friend. Yeah. Tell your neighbor. Tell, yeah. Shout it out to the world. Wacky Poem Live. Yeah. Thanks, guys.